0: and welcome to the JB Loves Beer podcast featuring reviews, reactions and opinions on all things beer. Join me, JB, on my odyssey through the world of craft IPAs, pales, stouts and saisons. This week, it's all about the Monk and me, that is, Northern Monk Brewing Company. It was said to me the other day that perhaps Northern Monk are my favourite brewery and with a brief moment of reflection, I couldn't help but agree. I wish I could say when I first enjoyed one of their beers, but sadly I can't. Perhaps this isn't a love at first sip kind of story, but I would hazard that a couple of years ago when Monk made the movement from small 330ml cans as part of their core range towards more adventurous tall boy brews as part of their patrons project range, that the love affair began. Great beer, great can art and great collaborations are what it's all about. Not that there is anything wrong with their core range. In fact, I can be heard drawing deep from them in this first segment, a live review of the old flax store in Leeds, home of Northern Monk. Here goes. So here I am at the old flax store in Leeds. This is the... uh brewery tap for Northern Monk Brew Company Um, famous brewery very good indeed in terms of the stuff that they produce and um, their connections to various other breweries both in the UK and abroad Uh, it's the first time I've visited the old flax store their refectory as they call it Um, although I've been to Leeds once before many years ago it feels already like it's changed an awful lot the actual kind of uh, brewery tap is in a sort of a state of old industrial mills and buildings which have now been turned into new offices Um, The venue itself, you know, outside there's tables and chairs for people to sit in the sun and enjoy a nice pint, and it's been pretty busy whilst we've been here already. Um, And then once you head inside and go upstairs, you can see the brewery itself through kind of some glass, and then you go up to the actual tap room itself, and it's, you know, nice, fresh, uh, well laid out. You can see all their merchandise. They do food here, Um, and they've got about 14 taps, um, all keg stuff, mostly their own stuff, but a few bits and pieces from there. Um, kind of buddies other breweries around the world and then they've also got some bits and pieces as well uh, on can First up. I had a uh, pint of uh, faith Which is their pale which I've had many times before and was very enjoyable indeed now about to sink a pint of uh, Heathen, which is their IPA again something you can pick up uh, in markets uh, supermarkets now But always something to en- uh, to enjoy straight from the tap itself. So it uh, goes What more can I say? The old flax store is ace. Check it out whenever you find yourself Leeds Way and you will not be disappointed. Completing this little running order switcheroo is the reviews. Now, I've been saving up a handful and a half of ace beers to share with you for this episode. So, let's jump right in and present them in a top-of-the-pop style, descending from uh, worst and you hear the inverted commas there, to best in terms of order. So, at seven, part of the 2019 Northern Powerhouse series number 005 is a collaboration with Butston. Now, I decided not to buy this year's Northern Powerhouse box set, even though last year's was banging, because I'm officially over box sets. I am still seething from the fail that was Beaver Town's Seven Deadly Sins box and the tiny Rebel Birthday box from earlier in the year, and I promise I will stop talking about them both, but they really, really got to me. So... Uh, This was a West Coast IPA, I had it at the head of steam when I was in Leeds, and admittedly, I was a bit steaming when I had it, but this is a West Coast IPA by numbers. Yes, there was hops, yes, it was mostly clear orangey liquid with a hoppy nose, but it felt unremarkable, and I I love Westies, as I've said before. Happy to have swerved the box in this uh, sense, it's a 2.75 out of 5. At six, Ethyl, a triple dry hopped tropical IPA collaboration with Stig Baguettes. At least that's how I think you say their name. It's a massive 7% APV and it's massive in fruit flavours, which would usually be a jolly good thing and no mistake. But this was just too sweet for me. The sugariness blew my tiny mind and set my teeth on edge. Another two. out of 5, yeah. Uh, In at 5 was Ramen Plus Bun, a cocktail meets culinary concept beer in the form of a Yuzu IPA. Again, a collaboration, this time with America's Finback Brewery. Now, this was one I read poor reviews of, but decided to go all in and was pleasantly surprised. It's a dry hopped IPA, uh, which is in parts hazy and hoppy and in parts sharp. And lemony, and it was the lemoninessnessness that I liked, almost reminding me of the sorts of flavours that I've only ever really had in saisons before. Uh, lighter than expected, too. Very, very crushable. Three point two five out of five this time. In at four, Omega Vortex, a double IPA collaboration with Equilibrium and other half. So this is big. Everyone remembers Infinity Vortex from last year being almost definitely the beer of the year, so expectations for this, um, the follow-up, are pretty high indeed. Now, this was good, very, very good. Uh, soft as silk in the gob, gentle in terms of the mouthful, a real cuddle of juice and hops. Easy as you can imagine to chug, despite the big 8.5% ABV, but not quite the rock my world amazingness as the original. So, it's a testament actually to the high quality beer that we're talking about here that this doesn't warrant an even higher placing, 3.5 out of 5. In at 3, bronze is taken by Seismic Shift, a double dry hop, double IPA, which feels like the next in line to last year's Celestial Motion which everyone raved about online, but which i struggled to find myself. It's another murky, juicy drop of Bang Bang liquor, yellowy orange in terms of the looks, frothy head, floral nose, hot forward flavour, and floral again to swallow. 3.75 out of 5. At two, securing silver, is Northern Rumble, a 7.4% ABV, abv easy for me to say milkshake ipa now i've said a bunch of times before uh but milkshake ipas are crazy hit or miss They're either <coughs> stupidly sweet sometimes overly cloudy and full of floating bits which looks really grim or just right in a way that goldilocks would recognize now this was just right it was silky milky sweet without hurting my fillings. nice hot background Um, Just keeping it grown up if you know what I mean. So plus the Amazeballs artworks This makes something really special. The the artwork was famous northerners as WWE wrestlers And that's playfully hilarious to be staring at while you're chugging this away So four out of five this time and going for gold at number one a real curveball of the bunch Don't mess with Yorkshire rhubarb and custard pale ale now I'm fully aware that I've derided sweetness and sugariness just a few moments ago, and I know that this will seem like hypocrisy, but what? This is serious business. On the proviso you like rhubarb and custard sweets, this is the beer for you. It's a perfect mix of genuine custard flavour and rhubarb tartness. It looks like an unassuming, slightly hazed pale, but presents a beautiful panoply of flavours on both the nose and the tongue. Don't mess. Don't mess with Yorkshire. Don't mess with this beer. 4.25 out of 5. Northern Monk. Northern Monkeys? No. Monkey Northerners. No. This all sounds horrible. I'll take it all back. Northern Monk. Beautiful. Incredible. Amazing. All the other superlative adjectives you can possibly imagine. I recently acquired one of their uh, sweatshirts which was a, a present and isn't it sad that I'm kind of almost looking forward to autumn to wear a piece of merchandise probably to get a grip of myself and get out a bit more but there we have it so great set of beers long may it continue you know it's going to I I'm not part of their special patrons um, society thing where you get the box delivered but I could be very easily persuaded to do that. Then again I do also like having the freedom to decide my own beers when I go to a bottle shop so maybe not but nonetheless if Northern Monk are on the shelves at least one of them's going to find them into my basket or my pans because I don't really carry a basket around a bottle shop. But anyway, let's move on. Next segment is all about me chatting the breeze and chewing the cud with, well, myself, and talking about what's going on in the craft beer world. Obviously mainly focused on London, because that's where I'm at. First up is the kind of new kid on the block uh, when it comes to beer shops. Now, I say that, they've been around for a couple of years. This is Ghost Whale in Brixton. Been there a whole bunch of times, fabulous place. Uh, got a lovely little garden out the back that you pay, I think it's a pound corkage to drink in for every can or bottle you have. They do stuff on tap too. Lovely people in there, looks really swish, nice bit of neon, and who doesn't love neon? Um, now they have decided to expand, which is always a positive thing because it means they must be doing pretty well, but where are they expanding to? Well, to Putney. Now, this is interesting because going back right to the beginning of this podcast series, I talked about um, the beer boutique and how they closed down and gone into administration and all this sort of stuff. And they had a site in Putney, uh, which I'd been to a whole bunch of times and really enjoyed buying beers there at least twice for New Year's Eve parties. That's how good it was. Now... Uh, Ghost Whale have bought that site and in a record time they've turned it around and, turn, and opened it up. And I think it was last Saturday they had their um, uh, grand opening, soft opening both, I don't know, can they both be both at the same time? And it looked like it went down very well. Lots of brilliant reviews. There's a beer reviewer chap who does stuff on uh, Twitter and has like an app um, whose name escapes me, and I can't remember the name of the app, but there we go. Um, and he in particular said it was fabulous. Now I'm looking forward to popping along um, sometime soon, seeing what it's all about. What's amazing how the, is how they've managed to pretty much recreate exactly what the Brixton store looks like, but in Putney, uh, except that I don't think it has a garden. So, um, they're going to have to rely on maybe some chairs out front don't know if that's technically illegal, but it'll be interesting to see so if ever you're in south london that's a place to check out in putney um, and it's always good just to see another one of these types of, place, types of places on the scene uh, because it means depending where you are if you're out and about then it's another star on the google maps that you can always go chase a few nice beers at. so well done goes well and i hope it's a very successful venture Next then, keeping it south, Sam Brooks Brewery, who historically have been a kind of real ale brewery, I would argue, but have gone more craft recently, more keg stuff recently, I would say. Um, I first interacted with them or heard of them because they were running a festival um, in Merton. Morden, to be more precise, in Morden Hall Park, many, many years ago, called Beer by the River. Uh, I'm not even entirely sure if there is a river there. I think there is. I think it's part of the Wandle. but there we go. And it was great. There was like kind of like live music, a huge beer tent, all kind of cask stuff, really. And they had some great street food vendors on. Uh, I remember that was the first time that I ever had a Philly cheesesteak um, from the Philly Cheesesteak Company, which you can now find in Passiannock um, oh. Avenue, which is up in the centre of town. Um, now, they have decided to move from Wandsworth, where they've always been, know I'm lying now, moving from Battersea to Wandsworth. What's interesting about that move is that it's to a bigger site, jolly good, but it's to the site of the old Ram Brewery. Now, a bit of history here, Young's Brewers, or Young's Brewery, um, historically were centred right in the heart of Wandsworth. They had a massive brewery site, the building, the old building is still there, it's beautiful, needs a bit of work obviously, um, and all the pubs in kind of a ring around Wandsworth, a ring around that old brewery, are all, are all Ram Pub pubs that is there were young uh, brewery pubs now young's has kind of gone off in a different direction now i know it's moved can't remember precisely where up north i think and i know also that it obviously has its own chain of pubs now um and he doesn't really talk about ram pub co so this is interesting because this site has been empty in the middle of wandsworth for a number of years there's been one chap who again whose name escapes me i really should have done my research here um who's um, been brewing there kind of a little nano brewery thing because there's a history of brewing on that site that goes back way over 100, maybe 150 years and he wanted to keep that history alive and now Sandbrooks are coming in and rescuing the site and they're going to carry on the tradition my belief is they're also going to have a a tap room there obviously Uh, there's also going to be a museum I think to beer and they're keeping a lot of the old architecture and it's all part of a bit of a regeneration that's going on right in the centre of Wandsworth. Now Wandsworth's got some nice parts, but it's also got some not so nice parts, so seeing a bit of money invested and seeing a kind of brewery spearhead that, I think is beautiful. Of course, there's going to be debates about embourgeoisification and gentrification and so on, but let's just wait and see what happens, shall we? So, well done, Sandbrooks. Good to see you investing in a local community and, you know, make some nice beer and I'll be down there. And it looks as if the Beer by the River Festival is back and it's going to be happening there, so jolly good in that sense too. Next, then, again keeping itself, Inkspock Brewery, which is uh, based in Streatham, or if you want to be posh, Streatham, um, has now opened up its brewery tap room on Saturdays. So they've been doing this big kind of thing on Instagram, hashtag shutters up, because they have shutters. And on Saturdays, they open up and they have a local street food. Um, store as well from somewhere in Streatham and they've been making some nice beer they've gone for a massive rebrand still like kind of thinking about that ink spot idea it used to be black and white kind of branding now it's very colourful and it's kind of like three coloured circles overlapping which I think gives them lots of scope for doing different types of um, you know can art in a similar sense to Brew by Numbers who used to or still to an extent number all of their beers, but I feel like they're kind of rowing back on that a little bit now. But I'm getting sidetracked. So Inkspot Brewery had a few nice beers. Haven't popped to the brewery yet. Pictures look great on Instagram. Definitely going to be checking that out. And you know keep an eye out. At the moment, everything of theirs I've seen what used to be in bottles is now in 330ml cans. Obviously, being a craft beer head, I'm you know really angling for 440ml maybe i'm just greedy maybe i want to feel like i'm getting more for my money i just think and feel that everything looks better a 440 mil you get better can art, but also the pour looks much nicer especially when you put it in a large tulip glass or ipa glass or whatever it might be so in Sport brewery my eye is on you next the clean vic um, now obviously this is a play on words for the Queen Vic from EastEnders, the Clean Vic is an alcohol-free pu- pop-up pub, hard to say, that was run by Sainsbury's for the first couple of weeks of the month of August. I think it's all finished now. You had to buy tickets for it. But what I'm interested in is just the concept, which is that increasingly, supposedly, more and more people are now no longer drinking, which I guess we could say in a public health sense is a good thing. Obviously, that worries brewers and distilleries and so on and so forth, people in the kind of... Uh, beer, alcohol, pub industry type thing But apparently people still want to go out and socialise And, you know, obviously a lot of people now do this in coffee shops But perhaps they want to do it in a pub environment but without alcohol Hence the Clean Vic This was a bar uh, which Sainsbury's took over And they were only selling low or no alcohol beverages Beers, ciders, wine, spirits, the whole shebang. It's just such a fascinating concept I looked at a few pictures And I've got to say the people in the pub didn't really look like they were having a nice time. Because I just don't know if this would work. It sounds very kind of 1950s America, as in like teenagers going to the soda fountain to hang out in a non-alcohol kind of environment. Which I guess is positive and kind of wholesome and clean. But I think it's all predicated on this idea that alcohol is an inherent evil. Like I get the idea that alcohol is a drug and it causes deaths. And it is a disease for some people in terms of their um, kind of commitment to or addiction to it, rather. And there are lots of problems, but alcohol is also, you know, part of human culture. For as long as there's been humans, we've either been eating fermented fruit, and there's the whole drunken monkey thesis that says that's the reason we were able to survive and we were cleverer than other species, but that's all getting a bit scientific. And, you know, in many cultures around the world, not all, of course, you know, alcohol forms uh, a central part of it and you know beer therefore one of the oldest types of alcohol very important the idea you take the alcohol out of the drinks and you can still replicate the environment it can still be as fun and so on maybe i don't know maybe i'm just being a snob maybe i just enjoy having a beer a bit too much i just don't know whether i would be motivated to go out and sit in a room with a bunch of strangers to drink essentially soft drinks you know people today increasingly are drinking at home or choosing not to go out the nighttime economy supposedly is in you know perpetual recession. Are people going to want to stay out to two in the morning to drink a soft drink i j- I just don't know I mean at the beginning of this year when i do um Oh, sorry when I did um, dry January I had a lot of alcohol free beer I've got to admit it's getting better uh, my partner also when she was uh, pregnant had a number of alcohol free beers and I tried those as well and it was interesting to see how even a very short period of time it went from tasting awful to tasting quite good but it's still not quite there and again I just don't know if there's going to be the motivation to get people out of their homes drinking this stuff when they could just stay at home and have a nice cup of tea or coffee for example but who knows? Right, we'll just we'll, we'll watch that space, see what happens. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of years' time, JB Loves Beer will be JB Loves Alcohol-Free Beer. Who knows? Final thing worth mentioning, I'm doing this all the top of my head, is uh, recently there's been two big beer festivals in London. First be GBBF, Great British Beer Festival, which is run by camera, who I've spoken about before in a not-so-positive sense, uh, because my experience of it was quite... Odd, weird, boring, Um, and then there's also been the London Craft Beer Festival (LCBF), which looks fabulous. Now, I didn't go to either of these, but I'm purely going on social media here, Twitter and Instagram, and they both look like they've been very fabulous experiences. Firstly, GBBF has gone undergone a bit of a facelift. Still lots of cask, still lots of camera-type people, still lots of like traditional pub games, which is good in its own way is important. Relay is important, of course. But for the first time, there was a keg bar. There's people doing stuff in cans and a lot of more kind of craft breweries in the UK were there, were represented and it looks like it's gone down an absolute treat at the same time it's got to be mentioned that um, there was decisions made by camera at this festival that they weren't going to have any sexist, misogynistic racist imagery in any pump clips or any advertising uh, which causes a lot of controversy for some reason, I don't know why on earth you want to look at these things because you get this group in the kind of camera who are very reactionary and feel that all of this stuff is just a bit tongue in cheek kind of cheeky fun kind of seaside postcard type thing it's not there's no space for it surely beer and alcohol in general or pubs in general and festivals in general should all be about inclusiveness bringing people together having a nice time you know putting your troubles at the door not talking sort of you know, politics racism and religion all this sort of stuff but they made the decision not to have it also they decided to uh, name their charity of choice to be an lgbtqi plus charity which i think is you know very progressive for them so all very positive moves and lots of the kind of beer people on Twitter and on the Beerstagram reported very positive things about it so maybe next year maybe I'll go there maybe you know not I'm saying I'm important but maybe it'll be enough to entice me back as a consumer LCBF you know for a number of years now looks like it's been doing really really well this year looks as if it was perhaps the biggest yet Um, Some really nice beers flowing there, really nice breweries, lots of American breweries. I know it's ones that you don't normally get over here, so, uh, you know, not to get there. But maybe again next year. Obviously, I'm now setting myself up to go to lots of beer festivals, but if I have the time and the pennies, what better way to spend my time and pennies. But there we go. Good stuff. That's it from me this week. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any thoughts, opinions or ideas you would like to share with me, then catch me on Instagram at jblovesbeer, on Twitter at jblovesbeer or untapped at jblovesbeer underscore. Till next time, that's it. Thank you very much.